0: This episode of Arcspeak is supported by Infratech. Bring indoor comfort to outdoor living with Infratech Comfort Heaters.
1: This episode is also supported by Enscape, empowering your design workflow by turning your BIM model into an immersive 3D experience. How long has it been since we chatted? I think we've had a uh, a trip to the Middle East for you, a, a new year, like everything. Title of this episode is WTF Just Happened. Exactly. <laughs> everything. Everything happened. Uh, I feel like a time traveler that never gets anywhere.
0: <laughs> I feel like somebody who needs time to slow down.
1: Yeah. I feel like you've been Just run over or dragged behind a truck or... I think of those Indiana Jones, like where he's, he's got the whip, you know, and he's smacked it onto the axle of the Nazi truck and he's being dragged down the road. So if, if we're going to use
0: that analogy, then I'm going to go with the third one where he's basically bounced up and down on the tracks of the Nazi
1: tank. Mm, Nice. I have to rewatch now.
0: You know, I mean, here's the thing. And I know that some people are going to be like, what? I actually didn't mind the fourth one with Shia LaBeouf in it. I mean, (laughs) Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. And it's fun.
1: Better more Indiana Jones than less, is what you're saying.
0: that's, That's my true belief, is you can never have enough Indiana Jones. It doesn't matter if this fifth one that they're making right now, he's... Probably older than Sean Connery was yeah. when Sean Connery made the third one. Yeah, hey, um, it happens. But it happens, and you know what? Just enjoy the fact that you have another Indiana Jones. <laughs> Just relax, would ya? Jeez, man. yeah. <laughs> now I, I I remember one time uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about you know possible reboot or another Indiana Jones movie without Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And they had suggested that what would be, what would be great is if they basically treated like Indiana Jones, much like Dr. Who or like, oh, like uh, other, James, other or, players or, James, yeah, James or like Bond. James Bond, where more James Bond, it's like, Oh, there's a different face on screen that's calling himself James Bond, and nobody
1: flinched. Somebody else's take you know? on the
0: character, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's you know, nobody flinched when they probably should have when Pierce Brosnan became Bond, or you know, I like that. The, I like ones. those
1: Timothy Dalton years, but you know, I, Roger Moore was was all. That's when I discovered James Bond. So even though he was kind of like yeah. the goofier James Bond, he was my James Bond. Timothy Dalton or Roger Roger Moore, Moore. but then t- I didn't mind yeah. the Timothy Dalton. I didn't mind the Pierce Brosnan either. I like. I just. I, I love James Bond all around.
0: Again, they were they were just a They're very different.
1: You know, I honestly, if I'm
0: going to be honest with you, I was really kind of hoping that Pierce Brosnan would have done it a lot sooner.
1: He should so do it now. Had, Come on,
0: yeah. You know,
1: it'll it'll be interesting. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's like the Indiana Jones version of James Bond, where he's older
0: or. uh <laughs> Or like the Dark Knight Returns when Batman hasn't you haven't seen or heard of Batman in over a decade or so and it's old Batman. Yeah. Old Bruce Wayne. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay.
1: So we've had a new year. Do <laughs> you have any fresh yes. perspectives? <laughs> new New Year, New you? I I feel like this year, more than any other year, that date did not matter to me. It didn't. You know,
0: as we kind of went from 20 to 20, you know, 2020 to 2021. There was this kind of like somewhat hope that we're like, okay, everything's going to be all right. You know, we're turning a corner. I mean, yeah, uh,
1: as if the date actually mattered. Then. well, it was
0: just like you know, it was just like you know, there was this weird hope. It's like the vaccine is, it'll be coming out soon, and and you know, we'll be able to, oh. <laughs> and you' i like how you didn't even finish the sentence oh, there was no point i'm already disappointed before the sentence it, is even over it's just like we we finished and you know we finished that year and now we're rolling into 2022 very much the same it's yeah. like i don't i don't feel like in fact to be quite honest with you i feel like the the optimism you know from 2020 to 2021 was more than the optimism from 20. 21
1: to 2022 mm. well it was there but it that was it was kind of short-sighted that's what you were just saying so i always yeah. feel like i do yeah. have optimism around this time of year and i don't really think of it in relation to the odometer rolling over to some significant <laughs> number <laughs> as much yeah yeah uh and i so so maybe it is just spending more time with family that gives me a little bit of perspective instead of just that heads down go 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 all the time kind of a thing yeah Maybe that's it. I don't know.
0: Well, the only, and this is interesting, Uh (laughs) because somebody had reminded me when I was like, you know, they're like, well, what's your uh, resolution? I'm like, well, you know, I don't really do resolutions. (laughs) I have no resolve. Yeah. I'm taking stock in my perspective, to be quite honest with you. And I'd written down a few things that I would like to do. And, you know, one of them was last year. I had, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to do these. uh, going to read those 12 books in 12 12 months, 12 months thing that I see everybody do. You
1: know, the thing when you go from reading zero books per month to reading (laughs) one book a month, sounds like nothing.
0: One of our architect friends had, had done that and he had posted, you know, the, the, all the books that he had read. And I was like, you know, based off of like what you did the year prior, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And I had only gotten into, you know, I only read seven books, but I thought to myself, you know what? Seven's a heck of a lot more than I read the year before. Yeah, only seven. So I think a lot of people wish they could only read seven books. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good with that. And, yeah. and funny enough, in the last, say, since mid, well, actually the third week of December, I'm already three books in. Nice. So, wow. You know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, if that is going to keep up. And I, I wrote down like every book that I have either in the queue or half read. And there isn't a single architecture book there. Yeah, good. There isn't. Got enough of that. You know, I've, I've looked at a couple of people's like, you know, list of what they read. And it was just like, you know, some kind of like business help or self-help and things like that. And I'm like, mine are all about cars, Mm-mm. building cars <laughs> and designing cars. and
1: That's right. We had a link to one of those books in the one of the last episodes. Yeah.
0: And I got a couple of uh, books on things like uh, uh, a couple of different, like you know, craftsman's books. Like I, I got a couple of books that you had suggested. You know, I don't know, three years ago, ago, two yeah. years ago, however many years. They've all run together, and I, you know, never read any of those. So I've got them like queued up. I'm like, okay, these will be, these will be the next ones. And so you, you know, just prefer audiobooks, right? In the car. I, do prefer audiobooks because I do a lot of driving. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I have, you know, a couple, one of the three that I read so far is actually paper book and if, have already read it, which is weird because normally I'm one of these people who, when I find the time to read, it's usually right when I'm getting ready to go to bed and that, you know, rereading that same page at least 15 times right. because You're I fall asleep you, before I
1: get to because it. Because tiredness, right.
0: Yeah, you know, because, you know, sleep, you tiredness,
1: know, exhaustion. Yeah. I, I like to read, too. We, we've made in, in our house like a, a weekday rule. If it's a school night, then there's no screens at all And after work. And it's we, we finish the evening off just reading paper books. And it's nice because it actually kind of gets you in the wind-down state. And it also does give your eyes a break and it gives those receptors of all the blue light a break from you know getting getting the chemicals sent to your brain that send the wrong signal about hey, you should be awake right now so we, we do a lot of that just to get away from you know get our get our body on the right clock and it, it it's working pretty well yeah but you know
0: obviously the uh the only one that i really want to try to stick to is the first one that I wrote down, which was in big massive capital letters is work less <laughs> oh, and then as I,
1: far as like a, a, your perspectives for the new year and by work less, you don't mean not not do your your share or what you've signed up for, but you mean like so not being a superhuman worker,
0: not doing the eighty two so I had averaged it out, and over the course of the last And this is going to sound horrible to anybody who's listening, but. That's um, okay. Nobody's listening. That's true. I I had averaged, God, over, and I I, I can't remember now. I think it was, I I thought I did maybe four months, but it might've been five months now that I'm thinking about it. But, you know, I was averaging 82 hours a week and it got to this point where I just felt like it was this like pure exhaustion at the end of the year. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I I can't do this anymore. I mean, I could no. continue to do it because I've been doing it my entire life. The problem is, is I shouldn't do it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's kind of a thing where if you get really good at something, it seems kind of natural that you should just do more of it because efficiency, quote unquote, and you do end up doing a lot of stuff that is not meaningful or purposeful it's just you needs to get done and you end up doing it because you're so damn good at it yeah and you actually do have to be careful what you get really good at because you could give yourself more work very easily but others can also give you more work because you are so good at it and they don't understand the whole picture of what's going on and so, therefore, a little bit more is no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a little yeah, bit more, exactly. And until you're being crushed under the weight of a little bit more, which is turns out to be a lot because you're, it's coming from lots of different directions. So, part of your thing is 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 work less. It's it's do less.
0: <laughs> well, it's you know, I, I I put the little you know I put the little subtitle you know below that. It's like you know, work smarter, not harder. Which, you know, it's not like I don't work smart and I don't work hard. It's just how smart am I really being if I'm, you know, honestly working 82 hours a week? Yeah. And how, how smart could I be if I was making sure other people were coordinated better or clear on it? I will say that this, you know, this, this was something that I sat back and kind of did a little bit of perspective searching, soul searching, whatever you want to call it you know, at the end of the year, and I'm like, okay, what I do well, what I do wrong, or what do I need to improve on? And I've found that, like, even though I try, and, and this is now year two, and I, I do feel like I'm a pretty good communicator via Zoom and whatever else. I, I felt like I, I wasn't a good mentor, I was a good communicator of like, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. But I was sitting down and I was realizing that, you know, a lot of times where I was assuming people and, you know, I was just like, I was talking to somebody and, and this is what made me realize it. I was talking to one of the staff architects on this project. He was asking me a question. And so I started to explain it to him. And I started explaining it to him in sort of like baby steps and like, I stopped and I was like, I apologize if I'm like, you know, over explaining this to you. You know, I'm kind of just used to explaining it to like, you know, more the junior staff and, and other people who don't really understand it. So he's just like, now to be quite honest with you, I don't actually understand what you're asking me to do. So I'm okay with you explaining it that way. And I was just like, okay, this guy, and, and, and this is a knock, this is not a knock at all. But, you know, I felt like, you know, maybe this guy should know this. And then I realized, well, you know what? maybe he shouldn't know it because i've never sat down and talked to him about like these kind of things and why i'm asking him to do these these things and things like that and i realized i'm like you know i need to do better at the mentoring side of things the asking people to do work and assigning them stuff to do is the easy part making sure that they know you know what it is that i'm asking and making sure that like there's they you know, like i've always appreciated people in my past, explaining it to me, not necessarily in baby steps per se, but more of explaining why they're asking me to do it. What is the importance of of the task that I'm being asked to do? What is the importance of it to not only the documentation maybe, but also like at the end result of like making good architecture? What is this particular task important to the overall end goal? And you know, I've thought that yeah, maybe I actually I, I do that, but a lot of times I did it better when I was you know face to face with people, and so like I guess the uh, I don't want to call it a, a resolution, but more of a perspective is how can I better engage in the mentoring process? You know, if we're going to continue to be virtual,
1: well, the only way that other people will actually take over the tasks that you need to delegate for them will be if they're modeled properly. Otherwise, if, if they don't know how or why, then then yeah, you're going to be stuck in this loop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want this to be anything about
0: like resolutions or things like that, but it was just... You seem allergic to the word. Yeah. I, I, I sort of <laughs> do because I think they're... I mean, as as much as, you know, everybody's like, ooh, you know, new year, new you. I'm like, well, oh, it's not really a new me. It's just me but how can i do things that i've been doing better smarter yeah. more efficiently yeah and that's not a resolution that's just internal observation of what you've done right and what you you know what you can improve upon
1: and you know if it's goal setting then let's call it that you well know. it's kind of optimization is what you're talking about it's it's like i'm not do i recognize that i'm not doing this and this and this well and i need to get better at those so how am i going to do that and so by kind of acknowledging that that's step one. And then you can figure out the ways to actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be different depending on who you're talking to and what they need and where they're at and what course they're on and how fast you need it. Like all of those things have, <laughs> they, they apply a different set of constraints to the, to the process. So there's, there's a lot to kind of still take in cause you, cause just be better. That's, there's no way to actually, apply that evenly to everything that you have to do.
0: Exactly. And and so it's just acknowledge your strengths, acknowledge your weaknesses and highlight where you can improve.
1: And I think this is something that goes back to, I want to say strengths finders that I did a few years ago, I've done it a few times in my career, but most recently a few years ago. And I guess it was just this last time that I did it where I was, the epiphany happened of what they're actually telling you, which is if you want to recognize what your strengths are, I mean, it's called strengths finder, it's not called weakness finder. <laughs> and so you find your strengths, and then you number one, everybody else who's doing it at the same time needs to understand what your strengths are. So this works really well in a team environment. And the reason why is because you want to identify everybody's strengths so that they do not do their weaknesses because everybody sucks at doing their weaknesses and you should not apply anything to your weakness side of things because other people fill in those gaps. That's what they're for. That's what a balanced team should be doing. Absolutely. So when you're building a team, it's great to use a tool like that even to identify who can do what, because there are people who'd love to do what you hate to do. <laughs> and and it, they may not, have all the tools that they need to accomplish that specific thing exactly. But okay, at least we've identified that like you're the person for this. So now how do we equip you to do that? Because man, that drains me. I, I suck at it and it's going to take me five times as long as it takes somebody who likes to do it anyway. So these are, these are things to, I, that was just kind of an epiphany to me when it was like, no, stop, stop trying to get better at the things you suck at. Like that's not the highest, value it's not the best use of your time it's none of those things so stop doing those and find somebody else who can do those and that's how you round out a great team that works together and then everybody feels like they've they own something because they're doing the thing that they're really good at and they're all all of you moving forward in the same direction together instead of kind of you know overlapping on things or pulling in different directions because you're doing the same task but somebody has a different way to do it. And they like doing it like that. And you like doing it this way. So you're kind of arguing your way through it. Like all of those things just create friction in the machine. So you've got to, the thing I see in architecture all the time is like, this never happens. This never happens on teams because staffing, the way staffing works on projects in big offices is who's available. That's it. Yeah. And who could fill this role? And so the higher up the food chain or seniority you get, the more roles you can fill on a project, you could be a project architect, you could be a project manager, you could be a project designer, like it really depends on a lot of factors. The lower you are on the food chain, it's like, no, I need you to do drafting and, and that's, you know, you're you're a project coordinator and that's all you're going to do. But it, But you're available. And that's what, that's kind of what it comes down to almost every single time. It's just, well, who's available? Who do we have that can fill that hole? Instead of saying, okay, okay, who is available? and who's really good at that thing and who wants to explore that as part of their career journey because they have never done that before and right like there's there's these different things that i think should be looked at but the reality is that rarely happens so um, we just looked up so is it the strengths finder they they um, might have changed the name now but yeah that's what it used to be called strengths finder 2.0 or something okay yeah so now it's called clifton
0: strengths yeah that's it which I've just looked up and so it's interesting. So I'm going to have to start taking a look at this because it, you know, I mean that that's actually one of the things as we've gone on with this particular project that we've somewhat, you know, started to identify. It's, um, we've got a variety of, of years level experience and, and, and really, you know, you don't And there's so many new people, not only to the profession, but to the firm. I don't know half of the people. Yes. And then the other half of the people that are on my team, I've never worked with before. Yeah. There's like, that's a huge process, right? Figuring all I, that out. Exactly. You know, and the problem is, is that, you know, we've all been thrust into, the, you know, this pretty demanding project, you know, with a lot of different buildings. Pretty and demanding. Everything. I average 82 hours a week. It's pretty demanding. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's got a slight wow. demand to it. <laughs> And so a lot of that was basically feeling people out and figuring out what people can and can't do. And, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> should or should not do too. Yeah. Well, should and should not do as well, but. It doesn't always work but out. Th- that you, you know, in a way you can't in, you know, cause you just explained to us just like, it's, it's the next person up. Yeah. That's, you know, that's who's on the project. It's like who's coming off of a project. Who's going to be looking for, you know, something to do. Okay throw them at the you know, at the mm-hmm, problem. Mm-hmm. You know it's just like but have they ever worked on this kind of project? No, no, but you know, they know Revit. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Cause, okay, cause problem solved. You're like, <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you, you know. I mean, they know Revit. You know, cuz Revit is architecture. Yeah. Revit actually <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> does the architecture. You just have to operate yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they do all of the the thinking. Revit does all the thinking for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a completely different conversation altogether, but, um, but, but yeah. And, and so, you know, it really was, I mean, you know, some of the struggles that we had early on is like me asking people to do things that they were completely uncomfortable with doing because they've never done it before. And, and if I would have known that, or if I would have been able to kind of like identify that early on and you know, unfortunately in projects like this particular one, where it's just, I mean, from, from the, the second you wake up to the second you log off or second you log on to the second you log off, you are kind of like in go mode. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, it's almost like, you know, I, you know, demand, 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 and it's never really to stop and slow down, take a deep breath and say, okay, Evan. So tell me what kind of experience do you have? I mean, what do you want to try to get out of this project? What would you like to learn? You know, things like that. It's just like, Evan, I don't care what experience you have. I don't care, you know, what you want out of this project. I need you to do this, 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 this. Well, and I'm not saying that that's, you know, really the way it was set up. But in a way, it feels like that's the way it's set it's
1: up. It's just because that's how things work by default, and yeah, it, it isn't intentionally done up front. I, I had put together this this idea before about this kind of personal, career, professional development dashboard idea, which was, you know, fill out this survey and tell me what you're like rate yourself in these kind of key categories and these categories are things that you find on every project so there's like a design there's like a technology design technology there's a project management there's a sustainability category there's a technical category rate yourself and everybody's going to rate themselves one way okay now let's actually check with their supervisor and let's just verify these numbers do you feel like this person is at this scale in this category for this, for the, that kind of work. And, and we'll find kind of what we'll just call their true rating, right? Whether it's true or not, it doesn't really matter. It's like, let's get the, let's get the numbers that everybody feels are, are about right. And, and have a conversation with, with the person who filled it out and say, okay, here's what I see. Here's what you said. Let's come to a consensus on this. So basically, get to some some baseline numbers in, in all these categories and then ask them, okay, now, that's where you're at now. Where do you want to be? And it's not like I want tens on every one of these categories. For most people, most people want to focus on an area, at least for now. It doesn't need to be forever. It's like, well, I really want to focus on sustainability for this next year. So I I want to learn more about that. I want to I want to apply it to projects. So so now we know kind of what they're interested in and that could be based on AXP hours that are needed. It could just be based on professional goals. It could be based on anything. It's up to, it's totally up to them. Now that we know where they want to go within the firm at least for the next X amount of time, We can try to match that up with project opportunities, right? So different projects have different opportunities too. So you start mixing these variables together, like availability for staffing, like where they want to go with their career and what they're really good at now, and you start to have a much better idea of how to staff projects that might actually do better with that information involved. And it gives people some power over where they're going in their career, because I can't tell you how many times I've heard it. It's like, "What do I need to do to get to the next level?" And what their supervisor says is, "Just keep doing what you're doing." Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a bullshit answer. like you so here's where I want to go in my career. So number one, I'm going to take some agency over what I want and start to hold people accountable for helping me get there. Right, I think that that's super important in this profession. Instead of waiting for permission for somebody to invite you to do something or to see something in you and say, "Hey, like I really like, cuz that that everybody's busy, everybody's got their own job to do. So that's hard to there's no guarantee that that will happen. A lot of people don't have an advocate in the in the day-to-day because we're all working remotely. It's actually hard to know how good somebody is doing. So- well they're doing something. There's so many things here. So so you start to take some agency over where you want to go and hold people accountable to helping you get there. I think those are the types of... Actually, what's exciting to me about the profession of architecture is we're starting to see that more and more. We're starting to see people say, you know what? I've had it. I've had it with the way that this works. I'm not going to play that game anymore. I mean, we're seeing it. We saw the New York Times article about people thinking about our unionizing because of the working conditions that you described in the beginning of this episode what's interesting to me is that it's actually that's actually happening that never has happened up until this point at scale like the new york times wasn't writing about it okay so i think that's a really this is really interesting and and what i like about it is you know all these firms are out there saying hey how do we retain talent or how do we attract talent like those are the two things attention and retention right attraction and retention Like, people want to go places with their career. They they want more responsibility, unless they don't. But I'm talking about the people who are great performers and who have intrinsic motivation. Like, these are the kinds of people who, like, if you want to retain them or if you want to attract those kind of folks— make these kinds of decisions to how you staff projects. And because the better projects that they work on, the better projects they're going to do better on them. Like they want to show up to work and do that kind of, that kind of stuff. Let's take a moment and talk about the sponsor of this episode. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Your buildings can be experienced long before they are built. More than two hundred thousand unique monthly users from over one hundred and fifty countries use Enscape to envision better designs. To learn more or to sign up for a free fourteen day trial, visit enscape3d.com/arcaspeak today. That's enscape3d.com/arcaspeak.
0: In the last few years, premium outdoor spaces have become a must-have architectural feature. And Infratech outdoor electric heating systems have become the brand of choice among leading architects. Infratech heaters provide energy-efficient, ambient warmth that allows homeowners to live outdoors during the cooler months. Clients love them because they can enjoy 100 more nights a year outside. Architects love them because of their unparalleled versatility, from their heater capacities and their colors to mounting options that can either seamlessly disappear or accentuate a space with beautiful decorative coverings. They are also the only comfort heating company that offers smart integration and hands-free voice-activated control. For over 60 years, Infratech has made their products in the USA at competitive prices. They offer incredible design and live technical support at every stage of the job. Infrotech is specified at the world's most prestigious properties. Learn why and sign up for a free consultation at infrotech-usa.com forward slash podcast. I, for one, appreciate the design options you get with Infrotech because as the cooler months approach the mid-Atlantic region, we're looking to extend those outdoor days, and Infrotech heaters provide comfort without being large and in your face. You know, it's it's interesting, and, and, and I don't. And Didn't really honestly think that we'd get to a like a staffing as you know, kind of leave this it's a great New Year's topic (laughs) point of conversation. But, but, but I've, I've come to realize that staffing exactly the way that you have explained it really is an extraordinarily important thing for the success of a project. More so than, you know, there was so many times in, let me just kind of preface this that have you know the the building the the project that i'm working on right now is multiple buildings like no i i need more than two hands to to count the number of buildings on this project and it's it's within this large development it's within a a prescribed architectural style it's a it it's, it's just it's there's there's a lot of like Interesting things about this particular project that has a lot of different demands to it, and what I was finding out is, you know, that we were staffed with people that were like the the next person up, and and again, this isn't a knock at at all because every person on this project has performed admirably to a point. That in that point is is that they've gotten to you know places that like unfortunately their experience just. They either have never worked on a project like that before; that they're new to the the profession altogether, or you know they've they've been under direct supervision where they've never really been asked to lead certain aspects of things. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was just kind of like by default because of the type of project it is, and you know the amount of you know availability that we had. And so, you know, we've got a lot of really good, hardworking people who haven't really done this type of project before. And so, you know, we always go back to these conversations that we have in staffing about, you know, like, and we've, we've had this conversation, you and I have had, you know, this conversation about staffing just in the profession in general right now. I mean, we see it in, um, you know, these, these like, you know, large firm round tables, small, you know, firm round tables. We see it in, uh, the Entree Architecture, um, you know, Facebook page that people are all looking for and needing help and it's just not there. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the conversation, you know, needs to always be, well, you know, do we really want to take on this project if we don't have the staff for it? And we've, we've always talked about architects don't know how to say Does that even actually happen? <laughs> I don't think it ever does. <laughs> and I was where I was going with it. So I don't think architects know how to say no. right And so they, they have these conversations about, you know, like, you know, Hey, I need somebody for this. Okay. Well, what do you need? Well, I need a PA. Oh, okay. Well, you know, this person's, uh, coming off of this project and, and never once has the conversation in some of these staffing is like, okay, well, is that person, you know, has that person done this type of project before, or does this person want to do that type of project before? Or you know, like, Oh no, they, they just, they're, they're coming off this project. So they'll be available. So, you know, they can work on your project. <laughs> And, you know, and, and I, I've talked with like so many friends and so many other places and it's the same, you know, almost everywhere mm-hmm. um, that it's just this kind of like, it, it's this uh, conversation that we're just not having about like, and you, you said it you know, just a few minutes ago, better than, you know, I've, I've heard is this like, is that the right person for this project? Or does that person even want to work on this project? or you know what is their what is their career traje- trajectory
1: and there's there's another part of this which is just that it's hard work to do what we're talking about i i get that there's a way that we've always done it which is based on who's available but then there's this other way that we're talking about which is actually probably quite a bit more effort because the way that i'm describing it you need to understand who your people are and that takes time in and of itself but if you don't know who your people are, you've got bigger problems, I think. Uh, but there's lots of people out there not taking the time to get to know their people and investing in them and really trying to truly understand what they're capable of, what their trajectory is, like all of those things. That That's what that takes leadership. And it seems like not that many people actually have that skill of leadership. They're much more like, uh, yeah, this is how we've done it before. So I'm going to keep doing it this broke ass way. They don't see it that way. it's unfortunate, and I think what what again what I'm kind of optimistic about is that there's people who are saying, yeah I, that's not gonna work for me and so when I see an article like this in The New York Times and I see people like taking agency because they want this profession to be better and fair and all of these things, that's to me that's actually something to be optimistic about because I do. This, this profession does not deserve to exist if people can't make it what it needs to be for the ones who are coming into it it just it because it won't like it doesn't even matter if it it deserves it or not if yeah so true so so true. so this has to be something that people want to get into and if if that means working like if if the model that they get to look at as an example right now is 82 hour weeks or whatever it's like uh, no thanks. I don't need to be a part of that. And guess what? If everybody says no thanks,
0: well, you know, and I, I and I said this to to other people that uh, just I don't know. It, it's it's hard to explain this, but but like I look at the hours that I'm putting in, and I look at the staff that I have working with me, and I wonder what they. See when they see me, and no, they don't see my timesheet, you know. But they, you know, see me working away. But do you see the bags under your eyes? <laughs> well, they see me working away, and they see me working late, and they see me doing all these other things. And you know, they're like, "Well, you know, he's more senior than me, and he's been doing this for a long time." You know, do I want that to be my career? <laughs> That's what I want to look, look yeah. have to look forward yeah. to. And and here's the thing: it's like. I don't necessarily knock like my work habits. I don't think they're work, work ethics. It's my work habits. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, I, I'm just a weird one who, you know, enjoys working more than not in, <laughs> and, and but, I, but I've, I've realized, you know, actually, you know, working with, you know, these people who are like, well, why, why, why do I have to, Why do I have to kill myself to get this project done when this is just a temporary project? I mean, I'm going to move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. But do I want this to be the habit that I create in my profession, you know, in in my own, like, working life? Well,
1: I think one of the things that that I think about when I think about people working that in this manner is for what? Like, to what end? Is it so that because at the end we're all going to have a party? And it was all, and we're all going to say it was worth it at that point, because that doesn't happen. Like, let's be honest, that doesn't happen. I mean, maybe there's a team lunch and then like, there's another project. Okay. So let's really be honest about this. To me, the point of doing what we do is to number one, enjoy it because we're good at it and because it's meaningful and it matters. It makes it, you make a difference in the world. And if, if it's about working your ass off all the time, just to work your ass off all the time because somebody made a promise that they can't keep unless you work your ass off all the time, <laughs> then yeah. then there is no purpose to this. It is not my problem that somebody made that. And I it's very easy to find another place to go do to, to do the kind of work that I'm talking about.
0: Exactly. exactly.
1: Because guess what? you said it. Everybody's trying to hire somebody right now right you just have to find the right one it exactly. it, it is kind of crazy it's like really step back and think about the problems that this profession has and it's interesting to see how it's set up from the educational model it's like there was a twitter thread going around and it was like you know there this this terrible labor practice and this is totally generalizing obviously this doesn't happen everywhere okay i i, I guess it's worth saying that but For the places where it does happen, the schools are training people to work like this. And for what purpose? So that they're, because they're buddies with the people who run the firms, or sometimes it is because they are the ones running the firms who then benefit from this this devalued labor model that we have, which is like your time isn't worth anything, so work your ass off all the time and you should be working and working and working. That to me is that like this mo- this model is messed up and it starts in the educational section of the profession and then it proliferates once you're out. And, like my, my snide comment was like, it's, yeah, it's like the professors are getting kickbacks from the firms. And you know what? They're not, I guess, unless they are, unless they're the ones who own the firms, but then it doesn't make any other sense other than like, we just do it because this is what I did and this is what now I expect you to do. So two thoughts here. One,
0: let me just get them both out. Um, One is, and and I don't know if it's conscious. It could be conscious. It could not be a conscious decision. But, you know, a lot of these decisions I feel, you know, are being made for that kind of working model. It's just like work harder, not smarter, you know, kind of thing. Just just work, 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 work. Because the smaller the team and the harder the work I get out of them, the better the profit. And I don't know if that's, people's like real mindset. But, you know, a lot of times a lot of people feel that way, you know, and then the other one is, is, you know, I, I was talking to, you know, somebody who more senior to me and I was, I was asking them, well, actually I wasn't asking them. They were asking me, why don't the, you know, why doesn't the new staff work harder? You know, we, you know, when we were growing in the profession, you know, we were always working late. We were always working hard. And I had, and I turned it around and asked him, Why? That's the, that's actually the problem is we're asking them to perpetuate a problem that was perpetuated on us. You know, like why did we have to work late? Was it because somebody didn't play in the project? Right. Did they not staff the project? Right. Did they take on a project that they weren't prepared to take on? You know, did they ask these questions, but now we're asked, we're basically trying to perpetuate this same problem without questioning it over. Yeah,
1: exactly yeah. without questioning it. right right yeah and I've seen that too I've seen that where it's like well why why don't these people like I man f- whatever the time is at the end of the day 5 30 rolls around and they're not here anymore exactly it's just like I'm still here why aren't they here or even if they're not there they are still like wow I saw you posting pictures on Instagram about that cool thing you did over the weekend I, how come you weren't working it's like exactly exactly you know it in 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 here's a weird Twist of
0: pain, so got a deadline looming, and I because architecture because architecture, and I you know basically said you know I I need some time like I need some time off, so I I took my weekend off, and I was like why do I feel so guilty Yeah,
1: because actually doing something that I earned. (laughs) you don't even earn that. Like what's, what's cra- great. <laughs> you, it's yours. Like you own it.
0: it, it, it you is, didn't it, have to true. earn
1: it. And like, because, and that's how like messed up this gets. Like, that's a great example of how messed up this gets because you do start to feel guilty because you're kind of programming yourself or being programmed to act another way, which is not the right behavior. But you do it so much that those grooves start to get cut into your brain. Like, that's the way your brain starts to work. And then you look at normal as abnormal. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't look at our career as getting paid for our expertise for a certain amount of time every day. But that is what it is. And that is how almost every single business actually works out there. This one seems to think about it a little bit differently more, you know, it's more like indentured servitude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are not on call. Like we, you're not, you're not a doctor on a 24 hour shift with a pager on your belt. You know, you're just not, Funny but we act
0: enough, like it. Know, I, I, I got a, a text from someone today on the project and they were just like, I don't know why I volunteered to have this project or uh, this meeting today at such and such time. You know, they, they, and and it was just like, wait, I was like, I didn't. They're like, oh yeah, it was a email. Didn't you see the emails going back <laughs> and forth? I'm like, when were these emails going back and no, forth? No, just say no. Oh, yesterday and today. No, it's like yesterday and today. That's Saturday and Sunday. Right. Why? Why are? I mean, I get it. You know, this project doesn't stop, kind of thing. But you know what? It. <laughs> if you have no boundaries, there will be no boundaries. Like, ex- ex- exactly. that that's essentially where I was going. It's like, when, when they go on their weekends, you know, they're not emailing us. They're not, you know, like chatting with us to try to figure out, you know, like, you know, Hey, why are not you answering my emails? Because they're not answering emails. They're not, you know, thinking about this. They've left it behind. Like is, is the only time that, you know, why do we feel like the only time that we can get work done is when, you know, we've got that free time that free time away from like the distraction of the emails and the meetings and the phone calls and things like that. It's just like, well, you know what the meetings and the phone calls and all the emails and stuff that is work. The meetings will continue unless more until morale improves. But I mean, but that is still the job that is is still the work. And so if you've got to figure out, well, you know, when I'm actually ever going to get any work done with all these meetings, it's just like, well, you know, (laughs) you got to understand that the meetings are the work too. So like strategize, pace yourself, figure out what's more important, the meeting or the work. Yeah. And if it's the work, then don't have the meeting. And if it's the meeting, don't, you know, then you're not going to be able to do the work. But, but in, in my contention is, is that they are the same thing. You know, for some reason we, we seem to divorce the meetings from work. It's some
1: subset of work that is not working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it's still work. Hopefully, it's desi- important decisions are being made, which is what the work is that we do. Right? We we make decisions exactly. and we document them. It's it's it. You know, this whole conversation started with uh, <laughs> things that I mean, optimization of behavior, yeah, uh, recognition yes. that some things are working and some things are not, and gonna take measures, right? But it right. seems uh, you you definitely have this. I get the sense that you have the things that you're not going to do. Right. So like there's things that you need to do, but then there's, there's also things that need to go on the, I'm not going to do this list. And I don't, do you have any kind of practical ways that you're actually going to do that? Because it sounds like checking email on the weekend could easily be on that list. Probably should be on that list.
0: Oh, that is definitely on the list.
1: Is that on the list? Like, and, and then okay. So, how do you stick to that over time? Have you done any any kind of thinking about that? Because that's the hard part. Is is like <laughs> that it, is the hard because part. as soon as you as soon as you break the rule that you set for yourself, it's just your rule. So who, nobody's going to know if you break right. it. <laughs> as soon as you do break it, that behavior, like that habit forming, has to start over. If at all, if it even has a chance of starting over. So
0: one of the things, and, you know, this is actually taking a page out of your book where, you know, I've noticed that like, you'll actually schedule like quiet time or like time that's not, it's still work, but it's work. It's time uninterrupted work. (laughs) It's uninterrupted work. Undistracted work. Yeah. You know, scheduling, you know, rather than saying, okay, I'm going to start my day off with wake up, roll out of bed, you know, walk over to the um, computer check, and start doing, well, I mean, I'm holding well, up my fingers crossed. No, don't. Well, if, it, if that's how I start my day by just doing that, then kind of put you in reaction mode. Well, not necessarily if, um, you know, if it's a way for to help me kind of like prioritize things but what i'm getting at is is that you know but i don't want that to be like you know oh i'm going to check my you know emails all the time and you know let that kind of like run the day or i'm going to have all these meetings like you know i i tend to like roll out of bed have meetings yeah. because of the time difference between us and our client right. then at the same time i'm having those meetings i'm also trying to check emails you know kind of somewhat unsuccessfully because i do a lot of talking in these meetings uh-huh. That is kind of what
1: meetings are for is for people to check emails like that it does definitely happens
0: a lot. Oh yeah, it, it totally does. you know, and it's just like, okay, well, I've got a lot of other people on these meetings. Do those people really need to be on these meetings? Can I have these meetings and properly disseminate all of the 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 information to them? So where I, I guess where I'm at is just in a you know place of prioritization. It's find out what's important. I mean, I get like what feels like hundreds of emails a day. Not all of them are that you know have can be that important. Well, okay, well you know couldn't that have been an email? Well, and a lot of times I'm like, well, couldn't that have just been a real quick call? You know, just like you know, hey,
1: yeah. There, most meetings could have been an email. Most emails could have been a tweet. Most tweets shouldn't have been sent. (laughs) There you something go. like that. There you go. <laughs> I've seen that before. I, don't, I, don't, I, I take no credit for that.
0: It, I was going to say, I don't know if you, if you're the one that you know should take credit for that, but if you are, that's well said. It, and if not, it's true. Well, Everybody, said I think, it. well said. I think
1: everyone kind of nods along when you see that. It's like wow, and it shows you how much yeah. time is wasted sitting in meetings. So something that I did this last weekend because I, I got some messages and they just pissed me off, and and I realized it at the time. I'm like, wow, I just got really upset because of these messages that just came in. So what I did was I immediately, so I'm using an iPhone and I set up one of these focus modes. Have you been, have you checked these out at all? I have not. So you know how there's do not disturb, right? That was, that was the old only the one and only. Well, now there's focus modes in the do not disturb settings. So i turned, I created one called weekend. And it has a little smiley face icon next to it. And in the weekend, I have it set up to automatically go into this mode. My phone automatically goes in this mode because you can schedule these modes. So I have it from 1201 a.m. to 1159 p.m. on, well, starts at 1159, starts at 1201 a.m. on Saturday morning and goes through the weekend. And so I think you can only set it for like times during specific days. So you can't just, even though it's funny like when you when you're all done it's like okay I'll turn this on in the weekends but that wasn't one of the options I actually had to schedule it for Saturday and Sunday. The reason I did this was because you can basically tell it what notifications to allow to come through. So because I think previously the only way to do this was to go through either a very rigorous kind of notification setup that you would have to stay on top of and manage which would be terrible or you could I guess delete your Outlook <laughs> the weekend and then reinstall it on monday which would suck because it's really unless you put your phone into you know some kind of like sleep mode right over the weekend where you're not getting notifications or you turn all notifications off or something and obviously there's still some people you want to get notifications from so these new focus things are awesome so i really recommend them if you have an iphone i don't know if it works on android similarly or not i created one that just basically turns off all of the stuff I don't want to see on the weekends and it only lets messages in from a few people and that keeps it clean. And, and I, I chose the happy face icon on purpose, right? Because <laughs> this directly relates to my happiness on the weekend for sure. So I, that, that was kind of an actionable thing that I wanted to pass along. And what's cool about these focus modes and I use a Mac during my workday day, is that they turn on on the computer any Apple device that you have, like on a fairly up-to-date operating system, it's probably the latest one only with these focus modes, is when you turn turn it on on one device, it turns it on on all of them. So when I tap it on my phone, it puts my laptop into the same mode. If I do it on my laptop, it puts my phone into that mode. So you don't even have to remember it for every device you have, which is pretty sweet. I know not everybody has the ability to do that because you're working on a a Windows computer or whatever, but I thought that was really cool the first time that 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 happened for me as well,
0: yeah, and in fact, actually, it's funny is that uh you know i've I've noticed that well like if I text you or something and you have that on i, I can't remember exactly what it says
1: says so something about like notifications are silenced or whatever,
0: yeah something yes,
1: yeah, yeah and it's just like I, you know we'll deliver this quietly right, right. So I'll still get it, like, if it's from a certain, certain people, you can tell it to deliver quietly or silently, and then other people, like it, like my wife, it'll, it'll buzz, or if it's my kids, so, so you, you can still get them, and then there's other ones, there's other ones you can just say, like, don't even show me these at all, so you're, you're in the middle, like, at least I'm in, okay, so check out focus modes, it's good stuff, I'm gonna have to, yeah. Yeah, so I think like because it it is one of those things where if you don't like really have like tremendous willpower over like oh what's the big deal I'll just check my emails once like you still even now with this focus mode I I I was I was just working on a project in the garage and I pulled my phone out and 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 like you just have this muscle memory to like tap on the email app and I'm like and I actually just said it like out loud to myself don't open your email on the weekends because that has happened too many times where I've opened my email on the weekends and it ruined my day or my, or my whole weekend. So, so why would I do that? Anyway, you, if if you, if you let yourself do something, then it's harder to, to get back into it. So I, I just realized that you can't see me shaking my head. vigorously.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is <an> audio only. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Like, yes, I agree. Well, happy 2022, man. Uh, I hope it is a happy twenty twenty two. I think we could Welcome all use new year. I think we could all use a happy twenty twenty two.
0: We as uh citizens of this earth have all been through very much the same thing. And yes, we all we all deserve. Every however billions of people on this planet all deserve
1: a happy twenty twenty two. Yeah. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks to Enscape for their support of this episode. Visit Enscape3D.com slash ArcaSpeak today for a free 14-day trial.
0: Thank you to Infratech Outdoor Comfort Heating for their support of this episode of ArcaSpeak. And remember, you can visit Infratech at infratech-usa.com slash podcast. To sign up for a free consultation,
1: learn why Infratech is the choice for bringing indoor comfort to outdoor living. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcuspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.